Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of servant leaders, those men and women that are out there making a difference in the marketplace and their communities. We have a great servant leader in studio with us. We have someone who's a former Navy SEAL, which is near and dear to the Rise Up Network's heart. We have a lot of love for our military men and women. And this gentleman is now wearing an entrepreneurial hat. So I'm actually super excited and honored to have this conversation with him as he's out there making a difference in, you know, in an area that is is not necessarily talked about or overlooked, but is so important, you know, and it's around safety and personal safety in the workplace. I have the founder and CEO of Vigilance Risk Solutions in studio with me, Ty Smith. Welcome, sir. Thank you, I appreciate being here. So we're, we're gonna dive into Vigilance Risk before we even get into the company though. Where are you from, where you grew up, what had you choose the Navy? Thanks for asking. I actually grew up in a place called East St. Louis, Illinois, and I always have to highlight the fact that East St. Louis is in Illinois. <laughs> it's right on the uh, Illinois-Missouri border, but the east side of St. Louis is actually in Illinois. Okay, and, uh, okay, not Missouri though. Not Missouri, yeah. But that's where I grew up. I was there until I was 17 years old and, and joined the United States Navy because I just wanted to do something with my life. Um, I wasn't ready for college at that time and I definitely didn't want to stick around East St. Louis because there just wasn't much good for me there. Yeah, And when what, I was had, 12 what years, had you choose the Navy versus one of the other branches? Yeah, good question. When I was 12 years old, uh, and, and this is always a funny story, yeah. I was watching the movie Navy Seals with my mom. Old movie with yeah. Charlie Sheen and and I was just completely, you know, encaptured in, in what was happening, what I was seeing on the television and at the end of it I kinda looked at my mom and said, Hey, that's what I wanna do for a living when I grow up and my mom looked at me and said, That'll be the hardest thing you've ever done, but you can do it. That's awesome. Mom sounds like a wise woman. <laughs> she is a very wise and uh, entertaining person. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, she, you know, she could have laughed and mocked and said she poured in and said, you can do it. It's going right. to be hard work. That's right. And I'm sure it has. It, it you know, it, it, was, uh, it was hard work, but best job I ever had. How long were you in the SEALs? I was in the SEALs for about 14 years of my 20-year naval career. Wow. I started out as a military police officer and an Italian translator in, in Europe. Okay. Had a great time and uh, the towers fell and I found myself here in Coronado in budge training uh, four months after the towers fell. Got it, got it, okay. And then you transition out and chose SC to go to school and use mm -hmm. your GI Bill like a smart man. Why SC? Well, I was looking at a few different schools. I was actually entertaining law school or business school. And after talking to a, a lot of my friends that are attorneys, every one of them was like, Ty, we know you, don't do it. You're gonna <laughs> being a lawyer. So uh, I took their advice and, and I decided that I wanted to find a business school uh, to pursue uh, you know, advanced education business because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur someday. And so I, I looked at all these different schools and ultimately what led me to USC was a program that they have called the MBV or the Masters of Business for Veterans hmm. program. And it's a truncated MBA program. And one of the things that I really liked about it is that it's only a year versus two years or two and a half years if you do an executive MBA program. And I was coming up on retirement from the SEAL teams in a year, so the timeline worked really well for me. And I also liked the fact that that program it's very entrepreneurship centric. Mm -hmm. So the MBVers get actually more entrepreneurial training. Um, 
uh, and more strategy training as compared to the regular MBA courses. Okay. And again, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur someday, so that's what led me to that program. When and when did you graduate? I graduated in May of 2016. Got it. Uh, not that long ago. Got it. Okay. All right. So you you complete your degree, and you know what what was kind of the the beginning of Vigilance Risk. Yeah, so I was actually still on active duty as I was finishing grad school. I was on active duty as I was building Vigilance Risk. And, you know, I I was in grad school one day and all of a sudden I started looking around the classroom and everyone was looking at their phones. So I went, man, I wonder what's going on. I looked at my phone and saw the Google alert and it was the same day that the Inland Regional Center out in San Bernardino was shot up and all of those people were hurt and killed. Mm. And... After that, you know, a lot of my wife's colleagues started reaching out to me, you know, from the medical field saying, hey, listen, at our hospital or at our clinic, we don't have any training. We don't have any emergency plans. If there are plans, we don't know they, are, they exist. Wow. You're the only person that we know that can come in here and teach us a few things about how to stay alive. That has that skill set. Right. So after doing that a few times, I could sort of hear my entrepreneurship professors in the back sure. of my mind telling me, hey, man, the market's telling you where it needs help, so this is what you should be doing. This is a need, go fill it. Right. Wow, okay. And so, you launched the company. What does that look like in the early stages? You know, who are some of your clients and what does your team look like? Yeah, so I I launched the company and and when I first launched, you know, I, I partnered with two former Marine Corps officers that I met in grad school and they're still on the team today. And we got really lucky. Our first customer was actually UCLA Medical Center. Oh, and okay. My wife just a was small, work, just a, you know? a small hospital. <laughs> well, I, I was lucky. My wife was working there at the time, so mm-hmm. you know, you use your network wherever you can. Of course. And that turned out to be a great testimonial for us, you know, starting out because UCLA is such a big name. And we thought that originally we were going to vertical the healthcare and maybe biotech and life science industries, but we quickly found out that workplace violence isn't an industry problem. It's mm. a people problem. So very quickly, our customer base became very horizontal. Wow. And so now we're working with customers in education, media companies, cloud communications, biotech, life sciences, across the board, you name it, mainly in middle market. Wow. Give us some statistics, because you know, I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I imagine there's a large percentage of us that unless this has personally impacted you, you know, you, you've actually been the recipient or giving out, unfortunately, or dealing with your HR manager to handle a situation, you may never even think about this. Yeah, so workplace violence is a much larger problem than most people in America realize. When when people think of workplace violence, current day, what immediately comes to mind is active shooter and, and mass shootings. Yeah, because, that, that crossed my mind the first time I even thought of this. Right, because those are increasing in, in frequency, but, but those are still very few and far in between. And, and I want to highlight that because I think that you know some news networks do a really good job of scaring the daylights out yeah. of all of us and making us feel like if you leave the house today, you're gonna be involved in an active shooter situation. And that's just not the case. What's much more likely to be seen in your workplace is actually domestic violence spillover, which is, you know, of the four types of workplace violence, and and we're seeing the market is adding a fifth, but that's the fourth type. You know, Sally has an angry boyfriend at home, boyfriend shows up at work, decides that he's going to act out violence at Sally's job. Mm. And that's what we see 
the most of, but workplace violence as a whole includes things like cyberbullying. One employee emails a threat to another, or one employee just simply says something to someone at work and scares other people, and maybe those people don't show up to work the next day because they're afraid. Mm. Um, sexual assault, all of these things are workplace violence. And in the United States, workplace violence costs us as a country more than $130 billion a year. There are over 16,000 threats daily in American workplaces, and there are over 8,000 actual acts of violence that take place every day in American workplaces. So it's a bigger problem than people think. Yeah, I mean, those numbers are staggering. I mean, 16,000 a day. Yeah, and what's crazy about it is that at least 25% of these instances go unreported. Mm, so these numbers yeah. could actually be a lot larger. Sure. Wow. Wow. Okay. So. Got it. I'm now getting kind of the depth and the scope of the situation and kind of the issue at hand here. So give us, you know, an example of how, how do you guys work with an employer or an organization? You know, what type of services do you guys provide? What are you looking for? And, and what do you do? So we like to work by a model that we've created called Assess, Plan, Train. And it mm. starts with assessing the organization as a whole. So we conduct, you know, sometimes people in the market call it threat and vulnerability assessment. We like to call it risk assessment or physical security risk assessment. And what that means is we go into an organization and we help that organization to identify all of their physical, digital, human, environmental vulnerabilities. And then we help them to build emergency plans or workplace violence prevention plan in order to counter all of those threats and vulnerabilities. We also train the employees of our customers with in-person training. We also provide them with web-based training around workplace violence uh, related topics like active shooter awareness and response, general workplace violence prevention, things like corporate travel safety, teaching employees how to actually travel safety and, and minimize risk to themselves and the organization as they're traveling. We're also expanding into things like social media monitoring because what we're finding is that a lot of individuals prior to acting out a violent fantasy that they may be having, they're telling people what they are planning to do or what we consider to be leakage. Mm. You know, for example, Nicholas Cruz, prior to actually shooting up Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, he actually went onto social media and, and proclaimed that he was going to be a school shooter. So we're getting into things like workplace violence, uh, I'm sorry, uh, social media monitoring and advanced background checks and the like. Wow. And it, can you give us some examples? And you don't necessarily have to maybe name organizations, you know, for confidentiality purposes, but maybe, you know, a size of an organization or an industry and, you know, some of the work that you've done with those groups. Absolutely. So we work primarily in the middle market. We work with, with public companies. We work with private companies. We work with companies in, in education, companies in, in cloud communications. We work with a lot of biotech and life, life science companies. And again, we like to start at the very beginning we want to know what all of the threats and vulnerabilities are to that organization and their people. We want to identify the critical assets or critical nodes that that organization has so that we can make sure that we're allocating the proper amount of resources toward those particular nodes yep. of the company. Because what you have to take a look at is if a workplace violence scenario happens at this organization, 
How long are we going to be down? How long is it going to take us to get back to at least limited operations? Mm-hmm. So we like to work with middle market companies that have you know anywhere between 500 plus employees. We work with customers that have 8,000 employees globally, and we work with companies and schools nationwide. Wow. Okay. Got it. So a pretty big range. Mm-hmm. Pretty big range. So let's let's switch the roles for a second. So you know. I'm the CFO of a company and I'm responsible for the risk. What, how does that interaction with your company look like? That's a really good question. So we like working with, with CFOs and oftentimes the CFO is you know, responsible for compliance and risk for that organization. Yep. And so uh, again, we have to highlight what are the critical nodes of your organization and what what does money look like? What is it going to cost you if something happens to that critical node and your organization can't operate the way it was designed to operate? So when we conduct a risk assessment, we're looking at things like what are your parking structures look like? What do your parking lots look like? Is there enough lighting? Um, are you currently training the employees? Are, are employees or students aware of the overt threats and vulnerabilities that your organization has. For example, is your employee aware that there isn't sufficient lighting in your parking lot when they're leaving after hours? Mm, has that like employee- Environmentally, exactly, like what's your environment layout look have like? Have they thought through that entire process? Uh, do they understand that you know help is available to them instead of taking that 100 yard walk through a dark parking lot to get to their vehicle, that they can actually just go to your third party security, security vendor and ask for an escort? Things like that can yep. mitigate the risk of something happening to that employee, and in turn, that employee potentially filing a lawsuit against their employer for not actually protecting them. And the employer is responsible for them, according to you know Calosis General Duty Clause in the California Injury and Illness Prevention Plan. Sure. And what what about you know you know inside the walls? You guys would come in, do your assessment, and then have you know a series of on-site trainings, webinars those sorts of things? Absolutely, so we do things like identifying, hey, what are the the really good barricadable positions within your organization? And we like to to talk to employees and, and let them know that, hey, listen, your safety and security, it's not just your employer's responsibility, it's your responsibility as you. well. Yeah. Um, there's nothing preventing you from doing things differently than you normally do them. You know, we talk about a, a parking lot and we talk to employees and go, hey, you chances are you probably park in the same place every day. We're all creatures of habit. There's nothing wrong with you saying, hey, I'm actually gonna take a look around and see if that's a safe place for me to park. And if it isn't, I'm not gonna park there. It costs you nothing on your lunch break to you know, consider the fact that you know I've been working here for five years, I work on a third floor, I have no idea what's happening on the first and second floor, or maybe the floors that are above me. It will cost me nothing other than a little bit of my time to take a look around and take a walk around and, and see what else is happening in here. Where are all the stairwells? If I can't go to the right when I'm coming out of my office in order to escape this place, can I go to the left? Do I know what those those routes actually look like? Do I know where the fire extinguishers are? Do I know if the door to my office is an inward opening door or an outward opening door? Because if it's outward opening, it doesn't make it impossible, but it might make it really difficult for me to barricade this office. And if my office is in a good barricading position, have I identified other potential barricading positions in my place of work so that I don't have to think through that when I'm already under duress? Wow. 
Wow, a, a lot to think about. It's a, a lot. lot I could talk about. all day about this stuff. Sure. I'm, I'm just trying to highlight certain points that I don't take too long. No, <laughs> it's great. You know, let, let's talk about some of the regulations for a second. You know, it's one of those things where you don't really talk about it unless you need to. You know, but maybe you can kind of give us some education on some of the regulations. What do you see is working? What's not working? What you see might need to be changed? Great question. So. The one thing that immediately comes to mind when I think about workplace violence, you know, compliancy organizations that, that are trying to do something about workplace violence and people in this country as a whole. And the mm -hmm. one thing that needs to be changed is that we need to do something mm -hmm. because what organizations like mine compete against is doing nothing. You mm -hmm. know, we hear the saying, see something, say something all the time now. Yep. This, you know, the increasing frequency of, of mass shootings is definitely driving that. But how many people actually move to action and say something once they see something? So I want to spread the word to everyone in this country and let them know that every one of us is responsible mm. for our safety and security. Don't ignore threats when you see them. When you hear that voice in the back of your head telling you that something's wrong, don't ignore that. Yeah. Listen to it and actually say something to authorities when you see or hear something that, that makes you feel uncomfortable. And how does, you know, what do, you know, the reporting requirements, what do the currently even look like? Yeah, so Cal OSHA is actually doing a lot to counter workplace violence right now. Last year uh, in, in April, we actually saw Cal OSHA release a new addendum to the California Injury and Illness Prevention Plan specific to the healthcare sector where workplace violence is a massive problem, which states that a healthcare organization that has direct provider to patient contact annually has to be aware of all of their threats and vulnerabilities and they have to make their staff aware of them so that they can avoid them. They have to have a workplace violence prevention plan within their injury and illness prevention plan. It needs to be audited annually and they have to provide interactive training to employees regarding workplace violence. Since April of 2018, we've seen a plethora of new you know, workplace violence incidents and, and mass shootings. So that's caused Cal OSHA to go back to the table and say, we need to release a new addendum you know, to the California Injury and Illness Prevention Plan that covers general industry. Because like I said, it's not an industry problem, it's a people problem. I, I, I love that you are you know, drilling down on it is an individual's responsibility because it is, you know, it's, it's, you can't just put your head in the sand and say, it's not my problem or not be aware of what the physical environment looks like from your vehicle to the front door of your office, the constructs inside your office and the other adjacent offices. You have a responsibility to be aware of that and know that stuff. Absolutely. You know, I, I can outsource my own personal safety and security to other people. Law enforcement is great, but unfortunately, they can't be everywhere and nowhere at once. Yeah. So I have to make sure that I have the knowledge, skills and abilities to protect myself until the good men and women in blue can show up and protect me. Absolutely. And who knows how long that time takes? Who knows how long you know, that's A lot take. can happen in a quick period of time. Right. Where can we find more information? You know, what are some things that you'd like to leave people with? Yeah, you can definitely visit us on our website at www.vigilancerisk.com. Um, you can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm very interactive with people on LinkedIn. Just look me up, Ty Smith. Um, you can find me there. And if you want to shoot me an email, you can email me at ty, T-Y, at vigilancerisk.com. And I'll try my best to answer any questions you have. But I really just want to spread the word about workplace violence and get more people involved in ending it. Fantastic. Well, Ty, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time and 
and information and knowledge so generously. Really, really appreciate it. Folks, you know, put that in your phone, write that down, vigilancerisk.com. We'll obviously share that with our network and our channels. And then connect with Ty on LinkedIn, you know, and if, you know, you are an employee or team member and, and you have a concern or you, just, you wanna get information, check them out and maybe you're a business owner or you are a team leader and it's time that you really get informed and don't say hey this isn't my responsibility because at the end of the day it's each of our responsibilities absolutely ty thank you so much for coming on folks get out there and rise up 